0: Hi everyone, I'm Doc. I'm a clinical psychotherapist, and I'm Cece. I'm a professional musician. We're two friends who spend a lot of time unpacking each other's bullshit, and this podcast is a way for us to help you through
1: yours. Welcome to Let's Unpack This. For this episode, we are going to be reading a listener's question. Yes, and so we're looking.
0: Yes. We're looking really forward to hearing from you about specific situations and questions that you may have that you'd like us to unpack. Feel free to send us an email to letsunpackthispodcast at gmail.com, and we'll be keeping Identities Anonymous on the show, so don't worry, to protect you, the writers, and your loved ones. Yep. Okay.
1: First question. <sighs> Are you ready? hmm Okay. Ready. ready. Dear Let's Unpack This Loved your first episode and looking forward to hearing the rest. I guess I just had some simple questions that I was hoping you could answer in a few statements. To start, who am I? And also, am I okay? Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing? Yeah, me neither. I think my whole life I have had a tendency to put others' needs ahead of mine. No, not in the Mother Teresa altruistic way, but rather in the please don't abandon me or hate me And also, I hate confrontation way. Mm. This ultimately led to a stunted development of who I am, and to this day, I struggle with finding that for myself. One area I've tried to improve this is in my decision making. This goes from little things like what I want for dinner, to what career I want to pursue, and even to understanding and deciding how I think and react to situations and people. Depending on others to validate me or comfort me was, a, was really a way I sought stability and made me feel like I had some semblance of control no matter how illusory it was. I'm in a 12-step program and I'm constantly told to practice selflessness to get out of self and to help the next person and often I struggle with navigating this and with my codependent tendencies. So I guess my question is, how can I find myself after years of being codependent, and how do I know if I'm doing it right and not just creating more maladaptive patterns? Thank wow. you so much for writing in. Wow, that was great. That I was great. F- yeah. This is a great topic. Um, is
0: it? <laughs>
1: yeah, we're not feeling good about having this conversation, are we? No. It's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. It brings up a lot of stuff. Um, but it's great. This is um, something I think that a lot of people will be able to identify. I know I identify fully with that yeah. question. Mm-hmm. Um, How so? Well, so I like recently realized that I didn't know what codependency was. Ah, for a long time, mm. and I think I definitely didn't know what it was before I got sober. That was like not right. Like it's all you knew. It was just like who I am. Like. Mm-hmm. I don't even think I realized what the word, I don't even think I ever heard the word before before then. But um, yeah, trying to find a balance between like being there for others and being codependent is really difficult for me. Mm-hmm. How about you? Absolutely. As a recovering codependent <laughs> myself, <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, I have been either in full-blown codependency in my past or have gone to the other extreme of complete independence. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's really, really easy to fall back into these patterns, you know, especially that our writer's talking about, because that's all that we knew, you know, like growing up. That's all that we knew. That's what we learned. Whether it was we learned these patterns of behavior to survive, like if we didn't get that validation or that Mm -hmm. attention from a parent, we did these things to try and receive attention or validation. Right. Or... We learned to be this way from our parent or parents. Um, And so I want to say to the writer, like, you weren't born this way. Like, this is what you did to survive. Mm -hmm. It's all that you knew. Um, When we don't get certain needs met as kids, just because our parents were doing the best that they could with the knowledge and experience that they had, we seek that out in our relationships, not only when we're younger, but especially in adulthood. Um, And we will usually seek out partners unknowingly, even in friends, you know, any, any type of relationship that resemble our parents because we're trying to recreate those relationships because that's all that we know.
1: Right. Yeah, I feel like I can still struggle with, like, navigating codependency with friendship more mm-hmm. than, like, you know, my parental relationships or my si- with my significant other. Like, because it's kind of more of, like, a blurred thing when you're dealing with friends.
0: Absolutely. And
1: all different types of personalities. Mm-hmm. So wait, for people, like, can you just kind of describe from, like, your knowledge, like, what, like, the basis of codependency, like, what does that word mean for people who might not know?
0: Yeah. So codependency, it's really, truly an emotional addiction. Mm. So you're seeking out in somebody else the feeling of safety and security. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, for me, for instance, like, having a parent who was not providing me attention when I was younger, right. right? Like I, that feels, quote, safe and secure to me. So I will seek out people, partners, friendships, where they also do not give me attention because if I then can seek that out, that's what gives me that emotional hit. So we will constantly seek out the approval and validation of others. And then once we get that little semblance of that, we stay safe in our little comfort zone, in our little sense of security. So we'll betray ourselves constantly, right? <laughs> people please... Um, you know, our writer talked about being indecisive, Mm -hmm. you know, doing for others what, you know, we don't want to be doing. So having lack of boundaries and trying to make up for all of that we didn't get when we were younger, but instead we just keep recreating the same relationships over and over and over again. Like toxicity feels normal Mm -hmm. to us, um, And so that emotional addiction piece, and I don't know if anybody can relate to this. I don't know if you can relate to this. Like, you literally will feel that emotional hit in Mm -hmm. your stomach, which, by the way, is not love, is not um, (laughs) intuition. It is your ego. And when Mm -hmm. it's in your stomach, you'll get that emotional hit, like, when you get that Snapchat or, you know, that um, text message or that look from somebody or whatever they may say, I'm proud of you, Mm -hmm. right? And you get that hit, and that feeds you and puts you back into like, that this sense of security yep. yeah and then you'll just keep going but you're so yeah. how
1: do you like like how do you tell what is being codependent and what is actual because we do need connection and security that's what we're told at least you know what i mean like that mm-hmm. you know connection and security is like a normal thing but like how like my problem is always like where's the line
0: mm-hmm So, what I usually go uh, through with people is if you are in any way betraying yourself, that is not authentic love. That is codependency. When you are muting your own needs, Mm -hmm. your own desires, your own wants for the happiness or, you know, for someone else or the security with somebody else. Um, and so I always look to that, like, how are you maybe betraying yourself? And I know that we'll get into, you know, with the writer's question of, well, I don't even know myself, so how do I know if I'm betraying myself? And we'll talk about that, but you want to look at that, like in any way, am I putting myself on the back burner in order to try and meet, you know, this other person's needs or to make them happy or to give them what they want so that maybe I get what I want? Mm -hmm. Um, in no way is that authentic love though.
1: And a lot of times, like, a lot of these things are, like, learned.
0: Absolutely learned. All of the things that you're talking about. um, Avoiding confrontation. Not being able to make decisions. You know, doing for others, you know, that you Mm -hmm. might not want to do as people pleasing. It's all stuff that you learned growing up in order to, quote, survive. Mm -hmm. And, like, stay in your comfort zone of safety and security. So that's why when they're is a period of maybe peace or you're alone or, you know, nothing's really going on. We will self-sabotage to create chaos because that is genuinely our comfort. Mm. Yeah, we're fucked up. So relatable. Mm -hmm. Um, And that indecisiveness is a lack of trust in self because we don't know ourselves. And so we don't know if we're going to be okay with the decision that we're making. You know, if I make this decision, will I be okay with it later? Will I be able to handle the Mm -hmm. emotion that might come up later? will the other person be okay with the decision that yeah, how are making? they going to react that's because always yeah yeah my fear is mm-hmm. like
1: oh well like it's the action isn't isn't the scary part like it's like seeing how somebody else reacts to it mm-hmm. or responds to it that like i'm always afraid of mm-hmm. which is why we people please which mm-hmm. is why we betray ourselves
0: but people um talk about confrontation as such a negative thing is such a scary thing Mm -hmm. confrontation is just an opportunity to communicate Mm -hmm. it's just an opportunity to connect more it does not have to be a bad thing and we will avoid openly talking with others about our feelings or our needs or our wants because we're afraid of yes how many how might they react will they leave me yeah we never want to be left right we were were left when we were younger (laughs) or you know we were smothered when we were younger whichever one (laughs) and there's like no in-between um and I don't even mean that your parent had to have left you totally. Mm-hmm. Like, it could have just been that Emotional. maybe they weren't. Yes. Yeah, they weren't present. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, our parents were doing the best that they could with the knowledge and experience they had at that time. But
1: And I feel like, I might be wrong, but there's, like, levels yes. to this. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to spot. And it's so, it's such a personal thing in a personal relationship. So, like, for me to look at different relationships in my life, it's so specific. Like, it's been hard to... I've had to take a look at, like, oh, my God, I am codependent. Yeah. Or this person is acting in a way that, you know, is codependent. Oh, my God. mm mm-hmm. <laughs> This is why, our rela- like, our relationship isn't working. Right. Of course, it's going to be a lot easier
0: to have a interdependent relationship, a uh, give-and-take, mutual, respecting mm-hmm. relationship, when the other person is also not codependent, like, but being able to provide the space for, like, in our friendship, like mm-hmm. the space for you to feel safe and secure with me, to be open to, with me, and whatever that is, and, and honest, yes, and honest, like not feel like you ever have to mute yourself mm-hmm. or you know say no or That's say so yes. Important. Mm-hmm. Even though the work always, of course, ends and starts with our, starts and ends with ourselves, mm-hmm. you also have to think about the person that you're with. You know, are they also working on themselves and not enacting codependent patterns with me?
1: And if they are, how, like, what do you do? Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I always, when I think of codependency and why it's so uncomfortable for me to talk about, um, is, a relation, is a past relationship I had when I was younger. And, you know, he was a recovering drug addict and he was relapsing for the majority of our first year together. And I stayed with him, and I thought it was out of love. And until years later, after I had done all this work on it, I realized that was not love. Mm. Like, there was no love present with somebody who was not present. All I was doing was what I thought was trying to keep him alive, but one that's not my role. Mm. So I was constantly betraying myself out of 100% fear alone. You know, like, fear of being alone if this person didn't make it or didn't change Because if he did change, then that would mean that I was good enough for him to change for. Uh, No, it's never that. Um, Like, his drug addiction had nothing to do with me, and I am, in fact, not God. Right. I don't get to change other people. I don't get to decide for them what their journey is or what that looks like. Um, But I thought, you know, oh, all this effort I'm putting in and, you know, me staying and this pull to him, like, this must mean that I am so in love. No, not one bit. Yeah. Not one bit.
1: And that can be the same for any sort of relationship that's toxic.
0: Mm -hmm. You know, like we
1: we see it a lot with other, you know, addicts and people like in our our area. Like, Mm -hmm. but even with normal people, you know.
0: Oh, yeah. The behaviors are still. I see it with everybody. Every type of person. It is probably one of the. Like I said, it's an emotional addiction. It's probably one of the biggest addictions that I see, not even just in work, but in my personal life, Mm -hmm. Um, because we are people who are meant to connect with one another, but then we end up connecting on this level that is so parasitic. Mm. (laughs) Good words. (laughs) Thank you. Um, Versus it being mutual respect and love. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it took me a long time in my early adulthood to learn what authentic love was. Right. Because what I had enacted in past relationships was not that. It was complete toxicity built out of the fear of being abandoned and then therefore being alone. Um, and I don't know if you can relate to this too of, you know, the reason why we do a lot of things is because we try to make up for what we didn't get when we were younger, mm-hmm. like the, I'm proud of you. So the way that I would, tried to have my parent give me attention was to do well Mm -hmm. like be the best dancer, get the best grades like achieve all these things I still automatically do all of that today because our egos will do anything that that they can to keep us safe and protected in our comfort zone that's always why we revert back to these old behaviors and I know our writer had brought that up about being afraid of just reverting back to her Mm -hmm. maladaptive patterns Um, you have to expect that your ego is going to do that so then you just have to continue, which we'll get into later, the work. Do the work.
1: <laughs> the work. <Snap> back. <laughs>
0: the work. What does that look like? Mm.
1: <sighs>
0: but listen, we were taught that our parents were supposed to love us. Mm-hmm. And so when they maybe don't in the way that we needed them to, we take that to mean that they chose not to love us. Right. And then we decide then, oh, well, we're not lovable. And then we continue to enact that with... Especially partners, mm-hmm. friends even, where we will choose people and then and get into relationships with people who cannot love us. Right. Which just then reinforces, going back to core beliefs, the core belief that I'm unlovable. Yep. And then we fuck ourselves every time. <laughs> it's awful.
1: So let's talk about the one part where she was like... Um, Putting other how she puts others' needs in front of hers mm-hmm. in the please don't abandon me or hate me and also I hate confrontation. Away we touched on that, but um, what what can we look for when we're dealing with a situation like I I for me like flags go up now but, like yeah. like like when I'm doing things I'm like mm, what is my motive behind why I'm doing this yeah like is it to like keep you in you know, this space that I want you to be, or like you said, like, am I, um, betraying my, myself Mm -hmm. and acting this way? So what do you think, um, a good way to like, what are some flags to look for in behaviors of yourself or others? Mm -hmm.
0: So usually you'll start to notice, at least in my experience, working with people, you may start to feel more drained, more <laughs> exhausted if you start to feel resentful, mm-hmm. right? So when people have a lack of boundaries and you then, like set all these expectations for the other person, you'll start to cop resentments because they're not doing right. what you expect them to, Um Again, that emotional hit in your stomach is you, is your ego that is not like, oh, I have butterflies and I'm in love. Like, no, your ego is <laughs> getting fucking set off. Um, if you find that you're really critical of yourself, right, and starting to beat yourself up um, in that negative self talk, those are a lot of the red flags, so to speak, for yourself, right, to start to notice of that. But authentic love, again, like it is supposed to be safe. Um, it is not meant to be draining. You Mm. should not feel exhausted. And so if you're feeling those things, you're feeling resentful with your partner. Yes, that starts and ends with you, but that is not a safe and secure relationship. Mm -hmm. It is breeding codependency. Right. Um, boundaries are not a bad thing. Everyone like shudders when we talk about boundaries.
1: Boundaries are not a bad thing, but they're hard. Like when you start to when you start to begin to set them it's mm-hmm. so uncomfortable
0: so uncomfortable because you're not getting what you perceivably need and to usually stay comfortable. the other
1: person i mean unless sh- like they're open to receiving the boundary it's usually like an uncomfortable thing to do to be like hey like this is what i need from you like mm-hmm. most people don't respond well no
0: because it's so threatening and they take it to them. personally absolutely But boundaries are a way to show other people how to engage with us. Right. Remember, other people are not mind readers. You have to tell them what you need and want. Right. Because their needs and wants might be different than yours. Right. Their perception is different than yours. Their past traumas are different. Or even if they're the same, they still can't read your mind that you want that dish washed. Don't ignore them for three days because they didn't (laughs) fucking wash the dish. Tell them to clean it, <laughs> and if they don't, because that's not what they do, well, then you just clean it. <laughs> oh my god, <sighs> it's not a big deal.
1: Um, oh, I yeah, that's it. A feels thing. like a big deal though. That's the thing. Yeah. It's funny because one of the podcasts we both like, um, they talked about that. Like when you, you like live with a partner and you have certain expectations Mm -hmm. of like how they should like keep the space and how Mm -hmm. you do. And they said at the end of the day, like if you want it done a certain way, you might just have to do it. Yeah, And that's not being like enabling or codependent. It's just like they live differently. Mm -hmm. And like that might like, because for me, like In being codependent, I'll, like, set the boundary, and then when it isn't met, I'll still get resentful, and then, like, the dish will still be in the sink. So, it's just, like, who's who's winning here? Yeah, like, um, (laughs) (laughs) exactly. (laughs) Nobody. Nobody. (laughs) Um...
0: Well, because we were not taught how to meet our own needs growing up and therefore looked to, whether it was our parental figures or whoever it was, to meet those needs, and mm-hmm. then they therefore even didn't and could not, um, we depend on others in our adulthood to meet our own needs. Right. Again, one, not knowing what they are, thinking that they can read our minds, thinking that, well, if they did that, that means that they care about me. Right. It has nothing to do with that. They are just living from their past conditioned lived experiences. Right. Their, what they were taught, what they've learned- We've said this before, what other people do truly has very little to do with us. Mm -hmm. Um, And with people pleasing, too, that's another way of that, right? So not saying something, trying to get them to read our mind or thinking that they will, being overly nice. Mm -hmm. All of that, by the way, I'm here to tell you, is a form of manipulation. (laughs) Manipulation, you say. Yeah. uh, (laughs) You're not being nice. You're being fucking manipulative by people pleasing. Um, and whenever I tell people that, they usually... I feel attacked. They're like, <gasps> what?
1: I feel attacked. Yeah,
0: because you're being nice, so to speak, to try to be seen in a positive light by that other person. Yep. Uh, yep. And then, in turn, neglecting your own needs and wants. Like, again, so who, who's, who's winning here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Nobody.
1: Uh, it's It's... Okay, I'm going to use a word. Yeah. It's a journey. Oh, you hate that word. I know. In in learning how to navigate that,
0: mm-hmm. it is because um, you're
1: I'm conditioned that way. Mm-hmm. Like that's my that's the way that my brain has been wired to behave. Mm-hmm. So, like to go against that and act differently has been uncomfortable. You know, it becomes now it's like I started. You know, saying in the beginning of this year that this year my. <laughs> Why are you cringing? <laughs> but this year I relate. <laughs> <laughs> this year I'm like I'm not only going to work on not being a people pleaser, but I'm going to speak my truth. Instead of just saying to myself I'm not going to do this or I'm going to say no like if I you know experience something and something makes me uncomfortable I I have to go out of my way to voice it because I'm so used to not mm-hmm. that like I just shut down. So yeah. now like it's unco- like I feel like I'm being a bitch a lot of the time just by setting like simple boundaries. Mm-hmm. But I know that I have to like you have to continue to do it to make it a habit. Mm -hmm. Like, I have to become in the habit of speaking up for myself and setting these boundaries so it becomes normal. Absolutely. And,
0: you know, listen, that other person, yeah, may in fact think you're a bitch. Mm -hmm. That does not mean that you are, therefore, in fact, a bitch. (laughs) That is their perception. Right. And we cannot live off of what other people may or may not be perceiving us as. Yeah. We, I said this in an earlier episode, we disappoint our own lives when living for other people. Mm -hmm. Um, But what you're talking about is it comes down to true anatomy again. So it's trying to be gentler with yourself and not put so much pressure on yourself of, Oh God, like I'm like this inherently and this is just who I am and what's wrong with me. No, our nervous system genuinely becomes committed to certain types of people, certain behaviors, certain circumstances. So It's retraining your nervous system. It is reparenting yourself and teaching yourself how to stick up for yourself, how to speak up, how to set boundaries. Like you are becoming your own parent. Right. Um, And I was cringing when you were talking about how uncomfortable it feels because it's not just uncomfortable. It's agonizing. (laughs) I'm in agony when, you know, in situations where like I might fall back into codependent patterns or fall back into patterns of betraying myself. And I will literally be in full awareness of what I'm doing and be feeling the agony at the same time and battling with myself of what do I do and what do I not do? Because I don't want to feel this pain anymore. But the validation that I might get from that other person, or, you know, that emotional hit we may get from being the people pleaser mm-hmm. or, you know, blurring your boundary. It is only temporary. Right,
1: right. 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 And then it goes away and then you're stuck still with the agony.
0: Yeah. We are constantly looking for that temporary relief. And that's going back to, you know, what we were saying or like about with, whether it's with drugs, whether it's with food mm-hmm. and it also happens with other people. Right. Um, and that temporary relief is never long lasting ever. We can't try to keep changing things in our favor to try to feel comfortable. We have to change everything within ourself in order to actually experience true safety and security within our own selves.
1: And that's like to go into where she talks about depending on others to validate mm-hmm. her or comfort as a way to seek, seek to stability and to feel like, you know, you have control no matter how illusory it was like that. Like you said, like it's a form of manipulation, like, but Mm -hmm. at the same time, you're manipulating yourself into thinking that this is healthy Mm -hmm. because you're like, this feels good. So it must be right. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not feeling good.
0: It's learning that it is just the absence of the discomfort. Right. Right. Because (laughs) if you were to know, and when I say you, I just mean like anybody, If, if we were to know what true love felt like. We would know the difference, but because we haven't maybe created, allowed the space for that to be created yet or experienced that yet, like this is all that we know and we mistake it for true love and connection. Mm -hmm. Um, Our writer also sounds very critical of herself. Mm -hmm. And that's another sign of codependency too. Like being critical of ourselves, being critical of others, totally out of fear. Right. Um, Perfectionism, big one. (laughs) To try and avoid being criticized. Right. Right. It's all, it's all in a way for us to, again, stay safe and secure. And when I say safe and secure, I don't mean in the healthy way. I mean in the <laughs> way that we've always known since we were younger. Right. Um, and so everything we're doing is all in an effort to just stay there versus ever growing out of that, mm-hmm. so to speak. Um, like, perfectionism generally becomes a coping behavior. Yeah. I mean, I can at least say that for myself, for sure. Yeah. Um, Do you also ever have, have you ever had the experience of feeling like you were responsible for other people's feelings? (laughs) Do I know you? Are you attacking me right now? (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Yes. This is what therapy is like with me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) This is awful. have you ever? (laughs) Yeah, I do it, um, I still do it, even knowing. Hmm. Like... Like, I'll be able to say, like, I know that I'm not responsible for this person's feelings or Mm -hmm. their emotions or their emotional state. Mm -hmm. And then I'll still, some part of me still feels connected to it. Mm -hmm. Like, that I have something to do with it. So, like, I still haven't been in certain relationships, haven't been able to, like, complete, because, like, in my brain, I'm like, if I cut myself off from this, then I'm being, like, dismissive or or cold. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, if I can just not – if I can't separate the two, like, if I if I separate the two, I mean, like, then I'm, like, detaching from this person completely. Uh, like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. One thing I
0: found to be really helpful with that um, exaggerated sense of responsibility that you discuss, um, because we're not that powerful. We are not powerful enough to make anybody feel anything. Mm-hmm. cannot tell you how f- much – people fight me on that right but it's true like we're not that powerful um is to like what I do is I'll take myself out of the dynamic and go and talk myself through and and do some breath work on you know identifying and validating my own feelings and then taking myself through you know what the facts are yeah how like I'm not responsible Um, and so I'm creating the space for myself to be seen, heard, and understood, and then therefore I can come back and allow the other person to feel safe, uh, seen, heard, and understood. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and that can be helpful instead of trying to take responsibility of, oh my gosh, I'm powerful enough to have made you feel this way by the simple fact of me needing to set a boundary. Right. Like my boundary did not cause you to feel that way. Like that feeling that you had is a response that is conditioned Mm -hmm. because you're feeling whatever. Threatened, abandoned, etc., but if we allow each other to feel seen, heard, and understood in that way, rather than shutting each other off or, you know, putting each other down for how we might feel, right. telling each other a person like that's crazy that you feel that way. Well, I've had that experience. Yeah,
1: like being told like that. You know, codependency is not real, or mm. you know, like th- that. The these are just like things that people who love each other do. Ah. Uh. It's not. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Like if you feel like, and this is what you were asking earlier too, like if you feel like you're walking around on eggshells, you feel like you cannot identify your own feelings, you feel so disconnected from self, Be you know, and you are doing for others at the expense of your own well-being, Mm -hmm. I am here to tell you that is not love. Love is not starving other people of your attention and then also taking that from somebody else. Mm -hmm. Love is... You know, not being able to function through conflict. Um, love is not being able to set boundaries. Like, none of that.
1: I is think love. It, I think it comes down to a lot, like, being able to be heard. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a big part of, like, what true love is. Like, to be able to hear somebody, even if you don't agree. Yeah. And be like, okay, I hear you, and I'm going to try to, you know, incorporate this into the way that I interact with you.
0: And even asking them, how can I help you feel more seen and heard? Right. And and allowing that space to be created to ask them and allow them to express that or go figure that out and come back mm-hmm. and, and express that to you. Um, those are, and she talks about, you know, her needs. Like, those are our basic needs is looking at how I can be, you know, seen, heard, and understood. Mm-hmm. Um, and that looks sometimes differently for everybody, but just instead of getting frustrated or threatened or offended because someone or your partner might feel something how about asking them how maybe you can help them mm-hmm. and help them feel a little bit more safe and secure again it's not your responsibility you are not that powerful
1: but this is also a partnership right yep you it know takes, it takes work and and it only will work if both parties are invested in. And doing that work. Mm -hmm. But instead, what I see
0: a lot with people is they, either or, either partner, what ends up happening is you try to control or fix the other person, control their behaviors, uh, change their personality, change Mm -hmm. who they are, change their conditions to fit into what you would feel most comfortable and safe with. Again, we are not powerful enough to change other people. Mm -hmm. And if you have to change the person that you're with, maybe you should consider not being with them. Anyway. (laughs) It's just something to consider. I mean,
1: that's the honest truth of it. Like, even that goes for any relationship, Mm -hmm. not just, you know, with a significant other. If you're doing this work and and you've done all you can and you've set these boundaries and, like, you're still, you know, dealing with this, Mm -hmm. that, like, you have to have that honest conversation. Like this person, like I'm still holding space for this person in my life Mm -hmm. and it's causing me agony,
0: agony, like true agony. And what is that saying about our own Mm reparenting, our own, uh, self-worth, right? You know, what is that saying about us getting our needs and wants met very little? Mm -hmm. Um, and listen, we can have done a lot of work on ourselves and still, fall back into these patterns so it's something to remember and I know she had brought up at the the writer had brought that up at the end well it's a
1: constant thing you have to continue to work on
0: it is um I know that she you know talks about figuring out you know what her decisions are what her needs are and like feeling okay Mm -hmm. uh going in line with that um and then she also at the end asked us how she finds herself Um, what are some things that you found in your codependent journey that have worked for you to help you get to know yourself and, and heal from these patterns?
1: Um, so a few things, um, and like I said, like, this isn't something that like you do the work and it's like gone. Yeah. If you don't continue to look for these things and work on them and, and I have to like sometimes do things against how I feel I should do them. Mm -hmm. Like I'll be like, well, like this feels dramatic or like, you know, setting a boundary. Yeah. And then I just have to do it anyway, Mm -hmm. no matter how uncomfortable I am. Um, I've had to look at what behaviors and interactions that I've had have been problematic, like from my end, like still like, okay, I've been working on this relationship with this person, but I'm still betraying myself. Mm. Like I'm still, you know, tying myself to their emotions mm-hmm. and like how they react, um, and some and like a lot of times it's hard for me to understand what a boundary is supposed to look like. Ah, uh, yeah. Like, okay, I know there needs to be a boundary, but I'm just like sometimes not sure what exactly it's supposed to be or mm-hmm. how to follow through with it once mm-hmm. you said it. Mm-hmm. Um. So I have to, like, continually be looking at it, like, like you said, like, am I, be, like, do I get that feeling yeah. in my gut? You mm-hmm. know, is my stomach telling me, like, oh, like, I'm going to go act this way because it feels good. Like, that's usually not the right thing to do if I'm trying to work on this. Mm-hmm. Um, you bring up two really good points, though, that one I want to mm-hmm. mention
0: about when we feel badly. Yeah. Um, setting a boundary. or Guilty. Like full-blown yes. guilt. Yes. So there is a difference, again, between empathy mm-hmm. and codependency. So empathy can sometimes fall into <laughs> – <laughs> This is so tricky for me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and this happens for me all the time. Like I have a really, really, really hard time not seeing the inherent good in people, which is not a bad quality. But when I see the inherent good in people and know that they are inherently good, I'll still betray myself because I'm, you know, forgetting that what they're still presenting to me is unhealthy and the interaction that we're having is still unhealthy, even though I know that deep down you are a good person. Mm-hmm. So always remember that this is, there's a difference between being empathetic and then betraying yourself through that empathy. <laughs> um <sighs> it's so tough yeah um and how I work on that is saying to myself like okay like you feel for this person you know where they're coming from you know the pain that they are in as to why they are doing this Mm -hmm. or treating you this way or maybe even not realizing that they're treating you that way but that doesn't mean that you then have to accept it accept it change anything not set a boundary take their shit anymore um and when you bring about up about boundaries too and, and yes it is a learned practice to be able to set boundaries but even just having the conversation with somebody out front of being like hey this is how i'm feeling like when you do this i feel, feel this way yeah by the way this is effective this is, communication yep. <laughs> like when you and like whatever the person did or said you know i feel mm-hmm. felt um and therefore i need X, Y, and Z. I know I need to set a boundary. I'm having a hard time figuring out what it is, but I need to let you know that that this is at least what I'm feeling what I need right now Mm -hmm. until I can get there and figure out how to set that. We can be open and honest from the beginning. Right. Even in the beginning stages of our healing, we can be open and honest with our partner or our loved one and say like, this is not okay for me and I need to figure out how. How we can adjust. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know it's like so weird
1: being open with people (sighs) trying to set boundaries with people that you're trying to help or be there for um can be tricky so what what advice would you have regarding that so some questions I encourage
0: you to ask yourself are how much are you enabling versus helping (laughs) um are you stepping in to help them when they haven't asked you to Mm. are you sacrificing yourself or your time your finances your Mm. mental health in the interest of quote helping them right because a lot of times we think that we're helping people when in actuality we are people pleasing we are trying to step in and do something for them to help maintain what we think their perception of us is Mm. Um, people pleasing is in actuality manipulative you are manipulating the other person to have a improved or kind or good perception of who you are right um you are not pleasing anyone you are manipulating them (laughs) um surprise yeah what's the motive behind it too like what is the motive behind you maybe dropping everyone to help everything to help this person right um providing them advice or you know going and doing for them what they maybe can do for themselves that's enabling right like you are enabling them to not learn from this experience and instead step in and be the superhero um do they even want to be helped Mm. that's a big one yeah i mean are they even asking you for this Um, and even if someone is asking you for help in some way it doesn't mean that you have to sacrifice yourself in any way to be able to do that If it is draining you, if you are giving away money, if you are not, if you're losing sleep, if you, you know, are wasting time, wasting time, not going to work in no way or shape or form is that helping you are sacrificing yourself. Um, An example that I give to clients all the time is in order for me to best help you, I have to take care of myself first. If I don't, what am I going to walk into sessions half asleep My stomach growling, crying, like, (laughs) (laughs) How, how is that helpful to anybody if I'm not taking care of myself in order to be of service to you? Right. So the difference between being of service is doing that because you can, because that person has asked you and you are actually able to step in and help them in what they're asking you to do. And it's not in any way muting you, betraying yourself or sacrificing yourself or enabling them. Right. And sometimes we have to love from afar. Like sometimes saying no, I cannot do this for you is actually love because you are allowing that person to experience the consequence that they maybe need to experience mm. in order to do make the changes that maybe they need to make. right. Um, but who are we to stand in the way of any of that?
1: Mm-hmm. So what are some things to look for to d- be able to decipher these behaviors and being codependent or enabling? you know, when, when trying to help others or be there for others or work with others, because I think that's the thing that can be difficult is like knowing for yourself what a boundary should look like. Mm-hmm.
0: If you find that you're resenting the person, mm. <laughs> um, <It's relatable. laughs> yeah. sometimes even resenting yourself for mm-hmm. doing the things that you're doing for whether it's not setting a boundary or blurring a boundary, um, When you are feeling emotionally and mentally and sometimes even physically drained. Mm -hmm. So if you are feeling depleted or drained in any way, you are not acting out of love. You are acting out of fear.
1: Yeah, our bodies will tell us. Mm -hmm. We have to listen. Like a lot of times we don't listen Mm -hmm. when these, these things come up.
0: Yeah. When you consistently feel disappointed. So... In helping this person often what we do is we set expectations mm-hmm. of then how they will react to our help how they'll then maybe treat us mm-hmm. in return and usually they don't react in the way that we want them to or treat us in the way that we want them to and right. we end up disappointed so that's another telltale sign that you're acting out of again that codependency like trying to receive that in return mm-hmm. selfless help is not expecting anything in return you are not sacrificing anything in any way to show up for this person you are showing up out of complete love right there's no expectation set you are not wanting anything in return you don't want them to think anything of you mm-hmm. in return of that um and boundaries are different for everybody like for instance my boundaries look a lot different than a lot of my friends boundaries with right Um, you know, I've learned that my phone has to go off at a certain time at night. I've learned that I can't, um, listen to a lot of things from other people outside of my job. Like I've learned that, you know, my needs have to come first in certain ways Mm -hmm. with when I'm eating meals and when my sleep patterns go and, you know, I have to say no to a lot of things because I choose to have the job that I have. Um, and so I've learned for myself what has helped me not be depleted,
1: mm-hmm.
0: not be resentful, not be irritable, not be discontent. And so when you find that you're consistently feeling those ways, especially in your interactions with others, you are probably acting from a codependent place rather than a helpful one or, or from a loving place. Right. So w- when setting boundaries – I always encourage people not to apologize for them because you're not doing anything wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, What you're doing is you are making a choice in your own best interest. You are consciously choosing something different. Right. And this is part of reparenting. Even though the other person may not like it, would you have to expect that they won't because it is going to be threatening to them because Mm -hmm. you're changing the dynamic? And that just is because of how dynamics work, not because the boundary you're choosing is wrong or what you're doing is wrong. Um, But consider this. So like, if you feel like you're walking around on eggshells, well, what is happening within you that you need to change? And then what would that verbal and then therefore physical boundary to back up the verbal boundary look like right um i always say that when you're setting a verbal boundary which is a lot looks a lot like what we had said earlier like when you Mm -hmm. i feel therefore i need um and if this need does not get met then this is what's going to happen as as a result of that so aka consequence and i don't mean that you know you're setting ultimatums with your partner i mean like there's just going to be a consequence to that um and that's okay Mm -hmm. um But you want to just think about, okay, what would help me get my basic needs met and how can I then verbalize that? And I always look at, like, are you – basic needs, like, are you even getting what you need nutritionally, sleep-wise? Are you crying all of the time? Are you late to work? Are you – betraying your schedule for this person are you canceling plans with other people for this person um looking at just like your basic day-to-day stuff yeah what are how you... is it
1: affecting your yeah your day
0: and then how can I start to change that
1: I, I, yeah. <laughs> I just had like a flashback oh great <laughs> let's talk like about, about it being late to work I had this relationship years and years and years ago where um <laughs> long story short dude showed up at my work Oh yeah, like in a not friendly kind of way. Mm-hmm. And like the cops had to be called. Oh good. How <laughs> fun. Yeah. <laughs> but like that was like normal stuff that would happen mm-hmm. in these relationships because it was all chaos like and like I was not able to look at like, oh, it's this relationship that is like affecting my life. Mm. other things too. right. That's a- drugs and stuff but
0: <laughs> but like that's also a drug yeah like codependency toxicity in relationships feels like your drug addiction yes. alcoholism like yep. it feels like that yes in any of those situations I've ever been in, I feel like I am using drugs yes. even when I am not yeah um relatable <laughs> but um you brought up a great point like it that felt normal to you because that was what was normal to you I'm here to tell you that that's not normal.
1: No. And it took me a long time. And obviously, like, I had to get sober to even begin to, like, mm-hmm. look at that. Because that's, like, I chased any sort of feeling of a high for so long. hmm So the other thing with boundaries, too,
0: like, knowing and, like, changing patterns, if you feel uncomfortable, that means you're doing it right. hmm So if you feel uncomfortable setting the boundary, that means it's right for you. Yeah. Because what feels, quote, comfortable is not right for us like it's what's keeping
1: us that's so key for me yeah that's what like i have to go against what my gut sometimes tells me to do because my gut's telling me to be comfortable and don't make any changes when people
0: talk about following their gut that's that ego part that i was talking about Mm -hmm. you want to focus more on how your heart feels right now when we've never focused on that you're like what the fuck is she talking about (laughs) but you will feel your heart open when something is Right for you. When Mm -hmm. something is in line with self-love and loving others, you will feel the drop in your stomach, the heat in your stomach, the turn in your stomach when it is not. Yeah. Even if you think that it is. Yep. Um, We have to begin to view our emotional triggers as teachers. Hmm. That's how you become aware of what the external triggers are. That facilitate the emotional reaction within yourself that then facilitate you to go and betray yourself. Wow. So look at it as, okay, these are teachers, not things to run away from or right. suppress or be I'm afraid of. I'm feeling this way for a reason. Yes. Um, and looking at like when this person maybe triggers you, what trait in this person is activating me? Hmm. Like what? And it's the same thing we were talking about flipped, like when another person may feel a certain way because of a boundary we're setting, like Mm -hmm. flip that, like what is, what's being activated in me based off of their reaction? Like, am I afraid of being alone, being abandoned, not being loved, um, not getting that validation, whatever it is. Um, love does not mean self-sacrifice. You should not be sacrificing yourself in any way to receive love for another person mm-hmm so what's the opposite of that look like and again like we may not know for sure what our needs are but start with the very basics mm-hmm. of that like are we getting our basic physical nutritional health wise me- needs met and yeah. then go from there it's great uh, is it <laughs> um the best thing to do for ourselves, too, is to practice self-compassion and non-judgment of our feelings. Mm. In, you know, saying to ourselves, like, I accept this feeling. Like, I accept that, that I feel this way. I don't judge this feeling. And, like, this is okay.
1: Right. I'm allowed to feel this way. Mm-hmm.
0: You have to expect that you're going to fall back into maladaptive patterns, like she asked at the end. Like, you're going to have to expect that. And that's okay. hmm But then you can continue to just move forward. Right. You can't expect to do this work and then just be cured forever. That is the number one um, thing I see the most when working with people is they get so frustrated with themselves when they've been doing work for a while. I go through this all the time and then they fall back into an old pattern. Right. Nope. That's going to happen. Yeah. Just learn to accept, accept it. it. Yeah.
1: And learn from it. Mm
0: hmm. So let's talk a little bit about what authentic love Ooh. feels like. Is, um, I was saying earlier, it feels safe, mm-hmm. right, and not safe in the way that it is toxic. Mm-hmm. Um, and our partner or the other person that we're in the relationship with is not viewed as property and mm-hmm. is not viewed as somebody to control. Mm. That's really tough, especially when. Your codependent patterns are to try to fix, manage, and control another person's behaviors to fit into what would help you feel most secure. Because you don't trust yourself to be able to handle what might happen <laughs> if it were different. I'm just saying. <laughs> um, and it's not an ego battle. No. Love is not an ego battle. Love should not feel like a re- emotional roller coaster. If it does, get off. Um, and there should be peace and knowing. That you're choosing one another, mm-hmm. and you're choosing one another from a place of mutual respect yep. and admiration, um, and it's rooted in self-knowing. And you and I have talked about how you can be self-aware mm-hmm. and still not do anything about it, but both partners are coming not just from a place of self-awareness, but from working on them own, them own selves. Right. I don't think i I don't think I just their said words them, but them's own selves. <laughs> them's own selves. <laughs> their se- their selves. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever I said. Um, and then coming together, like what we were talking about earlier with allowing the other person and yourself
1: to feel seen, heard, and understood. Right. Um Yeah, I can relate to that because like I explained one of my past relationships <laughs> mm-hmm. was extremely codependent. I mean, like, I probably all of them were until you know the relationship I'm in now yeah. um like in a real like sick way but you know with my significant other now like he communicates so well <laughs> that it makes it really hard for me to not be able to like it's easy for me to communicate boundaries or mm-hmm. because I I know that You know, even if he wasn't to respond in, like, a reasonable way, like, he always comes back, like, like, I hear you, like, I understand you, even if he doesn't agree. Mm -hmm. And then we can, like, talk it out in a way that's, like, mature And there's been times when we'd be, like, having conversations and, like, I'm so emotional by nature. Like, when I, like, set a boundary, I immediately almost cry, like, while doing it (laughs) because, like, I'm so emotionally tied to, like, how you're going to react. And, like, I'll find myself almost, like, laughing during our conversations. Like, I'm so silly in the way that I perceive things because of how I'm used to, Mm -hmm. you know, people in my life responding. But, like having the security of knowing that, like, I'm in this relationship, he is his own person, I'm my own person, and we can meet in the middle, Mm -hmm. and, like, there doesn't have to be chaos and arguments, like, we can communicate like adults, Mm -hmm. and when we disagree, or, because, you know, we do have differences that we work on, Mm -hmm. that, like, you know, um, when you live with somebody, it's just, like, like, we talked about before, like, dishes and, like, small stuff like that, it can affect your day, but, like, you know, if you're able to communicate them properly, yeah, then you don't get resentful. <laughs>
0: exactly. I mean,
1: you have to assume that you're not going to agree with everyone and hey,
0: that's okay. Yeah. Like your partner, or your friend, or whoever is allowed to disagree with you and it not be threatening. Right. It doesn't mean anything about you. Mm-hmm. It does not have to turn into this whole conflict. Right. Again, confrontation is not a negative thing. It is mm-hmm. a way to connect more deeply. Um and the other thing that you bring up about how when you when you communicate with your partner, you would feel like you were gonna either cry or you start to laugh or whatever. that's just your younger self coming out. <laughs> so just something to point out for us to be aware of. Seriously,
1: so like I feel like a child. Yes. Your like inner that fear
0: ch- comes up. Yep. Your inner child is responding. coming out, yeah. <laughs> responding like, hello, I'm here. Um, and that's the what the work is is you are reparenting our younger self who comes out in fear discomfort starts giggling starts crying um who is seeking that little attention like again we throw temper tantrums like we're fucking (laughs) five-year-olds because of that because our inner child is feeling threatened is looking for that attention is so wounded Mm -hmm. and so we have to instead of beating herself up more criticizing her um putting her down neglecting her betraying her we have to give her love mm-hmm. we have to let her be seen heard and understood instead of doing all the things that we do in order to try and receive love from somebody else which by the way is not love mm. codependency is not love it is emotional addiction Ooh. Okay. love does not Wait, mean can you say that again yes codependency is not love it is emotional addiction there it is There it is Love does not mean self-sacrifice. So we're done now, right? No, <laughs> <laughs> no. I just wanted to sit on that for a moment. Um, just to go over too, like how we can commit to ourselves.
1: Um, yeah, and, h- and figure, how work. do we? F- and also, like, figure like I. S- there's things I know to be true about myself, but I still feel like there's so much more to. L- Like there's obviously always so much more to learn about yourself. So how do you know who you are, quote unquote, or how do you find yourself as the question states? Yes. So it's actually not about finding ourselves
0: because that's what we've been doing all along. We've been trying to find ourselves in another person, in our careers, in something outside of ourselves, money, Mm -hmm. whatever it might be, drugs. So that doesn't work. That's why it's not working. Mm -hmm. for our writer your true self is waiting for you you have to go meet her she's already within you and so we're not trying to find her outside of ourselves we have to meet her within ourselves mm-hmm. and that looks like sitting with ourselves and doing breath work and the dreaded meditation <laughs> and journaling yeah, and, uh, and the journaling like and just start with three minutes a day of the meditation just start with three minutes of the breath work mm-hmm. part of committing to ourselves is by having a routine is by keeping these small promises to ourselves right um and that's how you build trust in self so what we're doing is we're creating the space to be able to meet your true self and get to know her and develop a relationship with her Rather than trying to find it, like I said, in something else or some or someone else outside mm-hmm. of ourselves. Um, and a couple other ways to commit to yourself, too, are holding your boundaries. Like, that is being authentic. Yep. Holding boundaries. Staying true
1: to what you believe you, yes. you need. Yep.
0: Protecting your energy. It is okay to say no to things. It is
1: okay to... I love that. Yeah. Because uh, <laughs> I home. never said no. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: um, you were talking about this last time, being mindful of what you consume. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and learning our triggers. So I encourage our writer to spend some alone time with herself. Um, the way, and I had touched on this briefly last time, the way that I became comfortable with being, quote, alone, which, by the way, I am not alone. I never will mm. be. Um, regardless of whether someone else is on my couch with me or not, mm-hmm. right? Um, or in my life or not. You genuinely sit with yourself and observe that inner monologue observe those automatic thoughts those automatic thoughts are not who you are they are again a product of your conditioned lived experiences mm-hmm. but get to know what's going on in your head and get to know what's going on in your heart um, I always suggest inner child meditations like genuinely connect to your inner child you will cry you will feel uncomfortable it will feel incredibly painful it's sad mm-hmm. but that is the part of us that is coming up screaming every time we enact in these toxic patterns with other people instead of actually ever experiencing true love from ourselves or others we just continue to sacrifice our own needs and our right. own wants to try and receive some sort of attention from someone else and it, it never does anything no it doesn't serve us anymore no it never did it never will um, yep. and what I had alluded to earlier, like setting these boundaries and healing ourselves, like some people are not going to get it, right? <laughs> people are going to push back. It's yep. threatening to them when you start to stick up for yourself. The other person now has to fucking do some work, or you know, they have to adjust themselves. They have to pivot, yeah, yeah. They're like, what? Pivot, <laughs> pivot, <laughs> <laughs> pivot. <laughs> um. And some relationships might end. Like I have had plenty of even friendships end in my life that Mm -hmm. have been so incredibly devastating, but because I changed. Right. Um, And by doing that, you're creating the space for you to not just develop a relationship with yourself, but the space to be able to develop healthier relationships with other people. Um, and again, if you feel any of the things that we were talking about earlier, like walking around on eggshells, um, depletion, exhaustion, you're like you're drinking or on drugs, but you're really not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, criticizing yourself, critical of others. Obsessing. Obsessing. not You don't know how you feel. Not being able to de- identify your feelings. Not being able to express yourself fully. If any of these things are happening, you are not experiencing authentic love. Right. Um, we are shifting who you are based on another person's perception to who you are based on who you actually are and it's okay if it's like some weird you know identity that like <laughs> loves the office and <laughs> like wants to stay home on a friday night
1: it's fine and
0: like who cares
1: like it's it's who you are it's fine you're allowed to Stay like, to that. yeah. You're
0: allowed to like what you like.
1: Mm-hmm. You're allowed to do what you do. So, do we have any final, final notes? What do you think? I think we covered a lot. I we think did. that trying to like the the main question of how to find yourself after years of being codependent, like look for those red flags in your behaviors. Mm-hmm. You know, like start small. Mm-hmm. like in trying to change small things about the way that you react or behave and like I think, you know, they seem pretty aware that this is going on, so like they might already, you know, have started doing that. Mm-hmm. Um and but also like be easy on yourself. You yeah. Yeah, we have to. We're not used to that. That's why we don't do it, but we have to
0: start trying
1: yeah don't beat yourself up like this is a journey (laughs) (laughs) whatever (laughs) that means as they say um and also too
0: you know I want to caution that by you continuing to do these things things aren't going to change like the person's not all of a sudden gonna decide one day like oh wow I, I love you Or, oh, wow, like, oh, well, I hear you. I hear you. Or, you know what? I'm ready to clean that fucking dish that's been in the sink (laughs) for three weeks. It's not going to happen. Everything's going to stay the same because you're doing the same thing. Right. Over and over and over again.
1: And how about even if you do change and they stay the same, then you have to look at the relationship, right? I just answered my own question. (laughs) You did. And sometimes people find that
0: they can move forward in that relationship because they've done the work. And and, they adjust. And, and, you know, it started and ended with themselves. But then sometimes you might find, hey, I don't deserve this or this is not what I need or this is not authentic love. Mm -hmm. I was in this relationship (laughs) because I thought it was. But now I recognize that it was codependency. And usually when you start to do the work and have focused more on loving yourself and giving that authentic love to yourself, you can recognize that the relationship that you're in was not made of that. Right. Um, and you usually don't want it anymore. Um, a tip I want to leave you guys with today is the book codependent. No more. My mm. melody <laughs> is a great read. It's <sighs> you can Order it on Amazon. I'm sure. Yes, you can. Um, you may not relate to all of the stories and all of the examples in the book, That is okay, because you will relate overall, I'm Mm -hmm. sure. Um, And there also is a workbook, but I suggest at least starting with the The book book. itself. Um, We hope that this has been helpful. Yeah,
1: this is great. I feel like it was very therapeutic for me. Yeah,
0: this is a a very triggering topic. It was. Um, I feel
1: a little drained. (laughs) Yeah,
0: I feel drained prepping for this episode. I was like crying a lot. Um, And that's okay. It's great. Mm -hmm. Uh, But remember, you are not unlovable until someone loves you. You are and always have been lovable since you got here.
1: Thanks for tuning in. We We love love you. you.